This podcast is part of the Tremula Network, adventure and outdoor podcasts off the beaten track. To find out more, head to tremula.network or find us on socials. There's never going to be easy in adventure. It's always going to be uh, difficult at some point, but that's... uh, that's one sacrifice that's it's worth to make because um, it always leads to really positive things happening along the way. And afterwards, you've always got the uh, positive memories that come with it as well. And, you know, a great feeling of pride in what you've managed to achieve through an adventure, I think. Hello, everyone. I'm Fran Tarowskis, and you're listening to Seize Your Adventure. This podcast lets you hear from people like me who have epilepsy and enjoy adventure sports, challenges and just getting outside. I feel very lucky to be the one who brings these stories to you because I get to connect with some amazing people and pull from their experiences the things that I think will be interesting and helpful to you. But the interesting thing is that when I approach people to contribute to the podcast or website, one of the main responses I get is... I don't think I'm very interesting. And I understand this. I do it myself. I was actually told by someone after a talk I did last year that I need to lose the imposter syndrome. And I think it is quite natural to belittle what we do, particularly when you are doing it through some sort of adversity, because in a way it makes it easier for us to carry on doing it. But it is important to acknowledge when we do hard stuff and that we do impressive things. Not just because a sense of pride won't do us any harm, but because it makes our stories more realistic to that person who is scared that it's too hard for them. In a strange way, if we acknowledge that something is hard, it makes it more attainable because it's hard for everyone. Last episode, we heard from Joe Stevenson about his personal peak, the adventure that he is most proud of. In today's conversation, you hear a little bit more about his everyday life and what he wishes he did more of. He tells us about some of the low points in his epilepsy journey, including depression, the side effects of the medication, and his difficulty finding work. And we find out where he's aiming his sights next, now that he knows what he's capable of. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Just to begin with, people will have noticed from the story that you read that you have a bit of an accent. Can you tell us where you're from? I am from Manchester area, sort of South Greater Manchester, more specifically, a town called Sale. That's in the UK too, if uh, there's any American people listening. Yeah, (laughs) it is probably a good thing to to just clarify there. Um, And you live quite near to, to, to some nice landscape, don't you? You live near to the Peak District area. I do, yeah. I've been around that sort of area quite a few times. It's it's Got some good views around there and things. It's good to go walking. Yeah, I like the Peak District. Handy place to be there. Yeah, can you just explain for um, people that don't know about it what what kind of landscape it is? It's great. It's a hilly area. There's uh, so many um, forest places to go through, things to look at around there. I recommend it for anybody who's uh, just interested in going on walks in some nice sites. And um, yeah, there's like... um, nice towns nearby with art galleries that sort of thing so thought about maybe moving there in the future when I've got a bit of uh, money under my belt 
how how do you get out there when you go? Do you drive yourself or do you get people to drive you? It's always the train, but uh, I've got to go to the pizza strip from what I remember. I mean, I might have been there when I was quite a bit younger, but uh, I didn't really have so much interest in what was on offer when I did go there on a bit of a drive with my parents and things. But it's always the train that I go with people. If I go on a proper walk, and although Northern Rail doesn't uh, work too well at the moment, that's a bit of a pain, to be honest. Oh, I think it's the same across the country at the moment, isn't it? And the train service yeah. is definitely one of those things that's a bit annoying when you can't drive. Um, mm. <laughs> I got stuck in Waterloo when I was coming back from Scotland, all the way down from Scotland with no trouble. And then as soon as I hit Waterloo, I was stuck there for an hour. <laughs> so you told us in the story about your your hike up Ben Nevis for Epilepsy Action. Was Ben Nevis the first mountain that you've climbed? Yeah, I'd say it was really. Don't really call places around the Peak District mountains. They're just really big hills. So um, I don't think there's too many mountains in the UK as such. And it, it was the first mountain in my eyes, and it was certainly the biggest challenge I could take on. Yeah, as you say, it's the highest mountain in the UK, so it's uh, a very, um, very difficult one for you to begin with. Like you say, there's not many mountains in the UK in general, um, if we're classing a mountain. I think the official rule is it's over a thousand feet, so there, there's a fair few that are over a thousand feet, but like you say, the smaller ones are just really big hills. Yeah. When you were climbing, how much money did you make for epilepsy action? Uh, 700 pounds. Just over or just under that, it's hard to remember now. But uh, yeah, that was what I came to. I was quite happy with that when it all added up. It was all done online, just asking people to donate via one of the um, websites that sort that thing out. Sorry, bad memory. Can't remember the name. Of them, but, uh, no, yeah. that's quite all right. Um, because you you um, you said at the start of your story that you do have a few memory issues, and that's related to your your epilepsy and the medication, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Have you um, noticed any changes when you change medication or if you've had a seizure recently? Do you have memory issues then? It seems that there's not much I can really do about my memory problems when changing my medication around. I've tried changing things around quite a few times now, but it seems pretty ineffective. Nothing really seems to help me when it comes to medication anymore, which is a bit of a pain. But um, the next thing we're thinking about is... um, surgery for me actually vns vagal nerve stimulation i saw that actually yes um you you wrote about that in your blog didn't you yeah that's right and can you explain that just a little bit more for people who aren't familiar with it okay well it's um it's somewhat very similar to getting a pacemaker really it's uh somewhat of a magnetic item that they uh add to the top left chest area and then they run a line through your neck area in towards your brain. And it, it's all about um, stimulating area from your brain to your body, basically the nerve that connects your brain to your body. And as time continues, it's supposed to help you. It does take a long time to get moving. It can take between six months and two years to kind of get itself working. And it doesn't take you off any medication. You've got to still take it can't totally help it out without the medication but um eventually it, it can improve things alongside it so it's uh it's worth giving it a shot i think yeah. 
Well, I look forward to seeing the updates on that one and fingers crossed for you going forward there. Yeah, cheers. I, uh, I've got a, my appointment now. It's in January. finally came through the NHS, which I was happy to see. You're a member of a group called Mad Walkers, aren't you? So can you explain what Mad Walkers is? Mad Walkers, M-A-D, uh, Manchester District Walkers. It's pretty much the biggest ramblers group in Manchester area. People from all over Great Manchester uh, join it. There's about 250 plus members. Um, they just like going on walks in places all around there. Often they're like rather Peter Street, like I mentioned, but there's other places not too far from Greater Manchester that they tend to stick to. Although um, from time to time they go on longer journeys as well, two times a year or something. There's a group of people that might go up north to Scotland or even go uh, abroad. Like, I think they went to Copenhagen not too long ago. It's it's all a big group, really. Those who are interested in looking at the views, always get a pint afterwards, having a good drink afterwards. Oh, we always get more than a pint, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> you uh, you put the calories back on that you just burn. It has to be done, it seems. It's uh, You know, sometimes we go to more than one pub on the way. Yeah, that sounds like a good end to a walk to me. And how did you get in contact with them? Uh, I think I just looked online just to see if there was anything available. I, I heard of the Ramblers group. Uh, it's hard to remember exactly how I heard of Ramblers but um, walking around from time to time, I thought, I might, you know, I wouldn't mind meeting some new people as well, making some new friends. So I started to go along to these. It's been good. I've enjoyed them at times. It's, uh, it's always healthy enough. Yeah, there's uh, plenty of lovely people who like to go on the walks too. And they know about your epilepsy, don't they? They do, yeah. It's always important. For the, there's always the leaders of the group who uh, take charge count people up, you know, give them instructions, tell them how long it's likely to take, you know, how difficult it is beforehand and things like that. Usually at the train station where we start off from. That was part of the uh, committee for a while, just helping out writing a few articles about each weekend that was upcoming, just publishing them on the Facebook page. So um, I got to know the committee members better then. and They know me pretty well now. They know that I've got epilepsy. Can you remember how you had that conversation initially? Did you approach one of the group leaders? Yeah, yeah, it was uh, safest to do that. I uh, approached them, let them know, and it, it wasn't any kind of trouble, really. I think they probably knew people who had epilepsy or similar problems or uh, health issues that might be uh, make things a bit more difficult. I think it was more difficult my first day from what I remember. I think uh, I always take plenty of chocolate and things like that with me just to keep my energy levels high because I deal with fatigue and that's uh, something I've always got to just uh, keep on my mind. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you, again, you mentioned the fatigue in your story. Would you mind just telling us a little bit more how that affects your daily life, what it feels like? Fatigue in my daily life at the moment doesn't bother me too much. I'm unemployed at the moment, though. I've had lots of interviews recently and things. But um, if I have a job, then I've, I've got to make sure that I can't start too early in the day. I find if I get up like six o'clock in the morning, then I'm just absolutely knackered by the time I uh, get to work. I tried doing that for a job that started at eight o'clock in the morning once, and uh, but it had to be changed to 9am because I just had a lot of seizures in the morning when uh, I first began that job at 8am in the morning. 
I've also somebody who doesn't always stay out as late at night as my friends do when we go out to like clubs and bars and things. Um, I just don't have as much energy as they do. I uh, I'd often call it a day a bit sooner than they do. And, uh, it's not a massive deal, you know. It's uh, something I've just grown used to. Uh, I'm quite happy. I just feel more tired. and It kind of maybe slows me down a bit, you know. I don't walk as quickly as other people, I think, sometimes. But uh, aside from that, it's not that big a deal. But you did fairly well with the Ben Nevis hike, didn't you? You managed to get up and down in how many hours? It was about six hours, I think it took me. Uh, yeah, I was quite happy with that. Hand about how long it typically takes people, and uh, I think it was usually around six, seven hours, so uh, it didn't take me any longer, it seems, than other people. I did see a bit of preparing for it beforehand just to make sure it's, uh, it's enough. So, how often do you go hiking in, in your regular life? Hello there. My name is Cathy Kamleitner and I'm here to tell you about my podcast, Wild for Scotland. If you enjoy travelling, spending time outside, learning about nature or simply relaxing to a good story, check out Wild for Scotland and join me for inspiring journeys from the cobbled streets of Edinburgh to the sandy beaches of the Western Isles. We go on scenic road trips up and down the country, hop from island to island, immerse ourselves in Scottish history, culture and landscapes, and meet passionate locals who love sharing their own little corners of Scotland. Think of it like story time for adults that inspires you to head out and learn about the world around you. So join me on the Wild for Scotland podcast. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. I have to admit, I haven't been hiking for a couple of months because I've been a bit focused on other things. It's good to go about once a month, I think. That's what I'd like to be doing. I've gone through long spells this year without going, but that was kind of uh, my preference uh, over the past couple of years before this one. Yeah, once a month seems like a good kind of uh, schedule to keep up with. One that I'd kind of advise other people to keep up as well if they uh, if they've been interested in walking. Yeah, especially if you're doing longer hikes. How long are the hikes that you try to to do, especially if you're going with a group hike? They can be between about eight miles and 15 miles. Uh, 15 miles is maybe kind of my limit. There's the option of doing things like uh, 25 mile walks with uh, mad walkers, which is uh, quite a challenge, I think, Uh, I mean, 15 miles is a fair distance. You're looking at over, um, that's that's about 25 kilometres for those that work in kilometres. So um, 25 kilometres, 15 miles is still still an impressive distance, especially if you do struggle with fatigue sometimes. And like you say, having those chocolates to keep you going, it's obviously doing the right thing for you. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, a smart thing to do at that point, I think, uh... Yeah. Um, do you mind me asking, have you ever had a seizure when you were walking? I haven't, no. It's never happened. I am quite happy about that, obviously. Um, yeah, I've always been totally seizure-free when I've been walking. So how does walking make you feel? I can, it can make me feel relaxed at times. It can make me feel... It can be difficult at times, no doubt about it. It's, it's always a challenge, but it's, uh, you know... Um, it's a good thing about uh, challenges, I think, uh, as you 
go through the day. There's, it's always going to be difficult at some point, but um, it's always going to work to your advantage as well. It's always going to be uh, real highlights, real good things to look forward to during the challenge. And uh, I always feel like I've accomplished something after I come to the end of it as well. You know, quite proud of taking on 15 mile walks. If I uh, get one out of my belt, it's uh, it's quite a long way to go. Like you said, I do uh, like to put a bit of effort in. I know there's a lot of my friends that wouldn't bother doing that, so uh, I kind of feel a bit stronger than they do in life. That's it. I think you, you wrote the article for us about the, the 101 of charity hiking, and you said it very nicely at the end that um, if you've done a hike and you've earned any money for a charity, you've got to congratulate yourself. That is something that um, no matter your, your situation, no matter your uh, physical ability, if you try and get and doing it, then that's something to be very proud of. Yeah, yeah. I uh, still think that's true, yeah, no doubt about it. Do you do any other sports? You know, I can't say I do at the moment. Um, I, th- I wish I did other sports. I wish I had the time to, but uh, I'd like play football when I was a kid and, things and enjoyed it and would still enjoy doing it, but it's, uh, it doesn't really fit with my schedule at the moment. If anything, I'd just go to the gym when I've got the chance to but um well I'm currently not signed up to the gym because I've just mm. not completely under my belt to do it really oh tell me about it they're quite quite expensive signing up to a gym that's one of the reasons I like walking it's pretty handy uh walking it's it's certainly a lot cheaper than uh I find it cheaper it's always good to get a train as well when you're walking because uh like I said the walks we go on are never too far out of Greater Manchester and if it's in Greater Manchester I get free public transport even if it's on a train so uh I can usually get away with just uh, not paying anything on the train and just going on this walk for pretty much nothing aside from the uh, money I pay for the uh ramblers every month which is uh about two pound ninety five I think £2.95 per month. Yeah, you can't complain at that, really. No, not at all. It's a good deal. And you get the free transport because um, you you still have seizures, so you're not allowed to drive at the moment. That's the reason you get the free transport. Yeah, that's right. It's it's probably the biggest benefit of having epilepsy, I'd say. It's saved me a lot of money over the years. I mean, I use... uh, public transport i use the tram system in the greater manchester the metrolink all the time it must have saved me about ten thousand pound or something now over the years that i've been using it so it's been pretty handy yeah we are we are lucky that we get that in the uk it definitely makes things a little bit easier when you're going through that difficulty yeah yeah we haven't really actually talked about your your epilepsy itself um would you mind just telling us a little bit about when it started and how you were diagnosed. I was diagnosed with it when I was five years old, but I was born with it, basically. Um, and to begin with, uh, just when I started school, people thought I was uh, being a bit daydreamy at times, but I was actually having absence seizures. It took me a while to clock onto that. But um, after they did clock onto it, um, I was fine with my epilepsy. It was controlled by carbamazepine for about, 12 years through high school I was absolutely fine I made loads of friends and things it all went kind of okay um but um when I turned 17 it got a lot worse I started having a lot more seizures and I had to try a lot more different types of medication to get it under control it was at the point that uh Lamotrigine or Lamictal brand name I started taking that that was the most effective drug but um 
that's when you know I started getting a lot of memory problems. I started having to deal with fatigue, and um, it really had a social effect on me as well. It really had a negative effect on my social life. I became depressed around that time, and it lasted for about eight years. So uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of how it panned out at that point. But uh, I overcame depression when I was 25 years old, and ever since then I've kind of been rebuilding my life a bit, I think, and uh, come up with the plan for how I want my career to move forward. You say you overcame depression. Was there anything that stimulated that that getting better? Was there anything that, that you did or something that changed? Yeah, uh, mindfulness meditation was what I started to practice. Um, that wasn't recommended by any doctor. It was just something I went looking for online find out if there's any other way I could deal with it because it, I think I was trying CBT for a while but it wasn't working and uh, mindfulness meditation uh, really worked to my advantage. I still do it from time to time now when I'm feeling a bit dull you know mindfulness meditation I very much recommend it to other people they're feeling a bit low and mindfulness is actually um, has been introduced by the NHS now because uh, they've, they've come to realise how effective it can be so you know you can discover it that way as well. Yeah, that's a really good point. It's something which has come into the mainstream, as it were, over the last few years. It's something that I have never practiced in terms of sitting down and and thinking about it and doing it, but it's something that I do try to live my life that way. And I think that hiking in particular can really help with that. I don't know if you feel the same there. Yeah, yeah. Going on walking, it's... uh just getting the fresh air, just uh, putting a bit of effort in, just uh, it, it brings on a good sense of self-esteem and that's uh, that's always important. That's what you want to achieve. Yeah, it's it's a handy tool to do as well, walking around. It gives you a bit of confidence, I think, in yourself and your own abilities. Um, I have to ask everyone this question. The website and the podcast is obviously called Seize Your Adventure. So what does adventure mean to you? Well, yeah, adventure is, it's just the opportunity to go off into the unknown, really. It's, uh, you can plan out an adventure a bit beforehand, but you never know what's really going to happen for sure. There's never going to be easy an adventure. It's always going to be uh, difficult at some point, but that's, uh, that's one sacrifice that's it's worth to make because um, it always leads to really positive like things happening along the way and afterwards you've always got the uh, positive memories that come with it as well and you know a great feeling of pride in what you've managed to achieve through an adventure I think so it's um I want to take on many more adventures in the future there's no doubt about that. Yeah you mentioned that at the end of your story have you got anything planned? I've not got anything planned as yet I'd like the idea going up by maybe a thousand meters every time somewhere different in Europe or maybe just 500 meters every time there's many different mountains to choose from I can go to different countries maybe uh, make it more difficult you know give myself more of a challenge as time continues and uh, who knows maybe I'll do Mont Blanc or something in the future I'd love to uh, get up there and manage to do that because that would feel like a great achievement for myself. Absolutely Mont Blanc is one of those ones um it, it certainly seems a little bit more daunting as a mountain. You need a bit more mountaineering experience. But I think, like you say, if you have it there as an achievement, it's it's perfectly doable if you work your way towards it. Yeah, yeah. You've got to 
plan it out pretty well before, no doubt. But, uh, you know, I don't see why it couldn't happen. I'd like to thank Joe for speaking to me so honestly. Some of the subjects he mentioned aren't easy, but my hope is that us talking about it makes it better. If you've been affected by anything discussed, there are contact details for some organisations that can help in the show notes. Now, I'm very excited to get on to telling you about next month's episodes. On the 14th of February, SeizeYourAdventure.com turns one year old. I can't believe it. I'm like a very proud parent. I have a few celebrations planned. Several of you have asked to hear more about my own story. And it is my turn. On Monday the 4th, I'll be telling you about my relationship with hiking, my own epilepsy diagnosis, and my hike along the Camino de Santiago. There's going to be some recordings of music that I took whilst I was hiking and some notes from my diaries. So even my friends that I've bored to death by now will have something new to listen to. It is only fair if I answer some questions as well. So here's where you come in. If you have a question for me, I'd love to hear from you. If you record yourself asking a question or two and send it to hello at seizeyouradventure.com, you might find yourself on next month's show. If you'd rather, you can send me the question in writing. Either way, please include your name and where you are from. I can't wait. I think. Please be kind. I have a couple of shout outs before I go to Christelle, Claire and Marion. Thank you very much for your orders from the shop and your generous donations. If you'd like to see the kind of things they bought or make a donation yourself, the link is in the show notes. And we are getting to the stage where it's difficult to keep track of social media, but I did just want to thank a few folk who are killing it with their shares and the feedback on the last episode. Kathy from Watch Me See, Sarah Williams from Tough Girl Podcast, Jordan Wiley, you'll be hearing more from him at a later date, and Epilepsy Action and Epilepsy Connections. Thank you all. It really does help when people share this on social media. I saw a jump in listens this month, so please, if you've made it this far, like it, share it, rate it, wherever you listen to it. And as a post-credits reward, I did ask Joe if he had anything he wanted to say to the listeners before we go, so we'll end on his answer. What really got me, really frustrated me when I got epilepsy was the fact that I just didn't know anything about it whatsoever. I um I'm not saying um, if you've got epilepsy, you have to go off and do a load of research. But, um, yeah, it's only going to work to your advantage. Um, it is quite interesting to learn about epilepsy, I think. It's, um, it's quite complicated, but it's, um, it's sort of an interesting uh, condition to have in a way. Everybody thinks it's a lot simpler than uh, it is. And, uh, my God, you know, so many people have had to um, explain it to convince that, like, that they've got all these memory problems and things. They think I'm talking a load of rubbish to begin with. And then I like finally have a talk with them when, you know, they've been chatting on in a group, having a pint or something, get my mobile phone up, bring up an internet website page and just show them, look, I really do have these memory problems. I feel kind of committed to doing that now, you know, proving a point for myself, uh, remaining dignified. <laughs>